0: cliffcentral.com.
1: Let us take uh, a look at what's going on in Africa and the continent's news. It's for the last time this year. We're going to do a little African analysis with JJ Cornish, and we're going to catch up on what is happening all over Africa. It's brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School, and let's talk to JJ. JJ, can you believe the show that you've just joined this morning? I mean, what we've been talking about before you came on is outrageous, outrageous.
0: I have to say, I missed that part. I just got the bit about adventure, <laughs> which I'm far too old to do. I've had my adventures. And then the bit about staying in, well, quiet Johannesburg, you want to know Pretoria is actually like a morgue, which makes it absolutely fantastic. You, you know, it. one year, I've never been away over this time for, for a long, long time. Uh-huh. One year, I actually wrote a piece about going away i mean staying home is the new going away yeah and my current wife said no that's pushing it a bit you know (laughs) yes you're too cheap to take me on holiday but that was pushing it but it is wonderful the climate is the best at this time of year and you can drive and park in front of any restaurant and walk in. it's fantastic i love it
1: yeah and and your current wife uh is, is is quite happy with this arrangement as well is she
0: well, you know, if she's not, uh, I used to take her to Cape Town at Easter, and she always thought this was very nice of me. But until she realised after a few years that I was only going there to run the two oceans, and then that went off too. You know, I mean, she 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 catches up slowly, but eventually.
1: <laughs> you just finished that sentence. You said, "Well, if she's not, what? What she can? She can what?"
0: ah, 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 Leave the men's marriage. Leave the constitution. Come on. Come on. Listen, thank God she's out of earshot, eh?
1: Yeah. Listen, I think uh, the things we get away with on this show. All right, so, JJ, let's just talk about Tunisia. We haven't spoken about them for a while. They've seen a record low turnout for elections this weekend. I mean, this is also true for us. We keep seeing less and less people turning out for elections because people are just not interested in in politics like they maybe once were. And the people who are motivated are usually people who are in politics already. But Tunisia's election turnout is really, really low. I, impossibly low, less
0: than 9%. Now, we've spoken <laughs> yeah, about Tunisia a good bit because I have been there, in fact, thrice as an election observer. I observed the election in which President Kais Saied came to power. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the thing about Tunisia is you mess with the Tunisians at your peril, as Ben Ali, the uh, former interior minister who became a long-term sort of uh, despot, uh, ruling over Tunisia. In 2011, uh, his police, it was an absolute police state, killed a fruit vendor who, I mean, uh, harassed a fruit vendor who killed himself. He became the figurehead for a, sure. a, an uprising, and that became the Arab Spring. Remember that? That's and right. that's where it all started. Right. They right. brought democracy to Tunisia. But now Kais said who's a very, very, well, very, Uh, reserved, very kind of uh, step-aside type of uh, academic, classical academic, has moved back towards one-party rule. He unseated Parliament. He suspended the Constitution. That's the Constitution born of the 2011 uprising. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he had parliamentary elections, to hopefully to underline all of that. And the people said no. Uh, you know, instead of uh, instead of put, putting their crosses on the paper, uh, you know, they gave him the middle finger and said, no, we're not doing this. Now, the opposition is saying less than nine percent turnout case say it isn't a time for you to resign. But I think a man who's unseated parliament and sure. and uh, upturned the uh, Constitution is not likely to resign over anything. You know, he's not he's not the Elon Musk of politics, I don't think. <laughs> You know, the you,
1: you, you know, JJ, nine <laughs> percent is just unbelievably low. Is that even does that count?
0: Well, if, how can it possibly? You know, how can you possibly take a parliament in which nine percent of people participated and expected to have any kind no. of hold, any kind of authority? So he's going to have to think again. Uh, there's no doubt. Even if he doesn't quit, he's going to have to. But every time he comes up with a parliament. We're so poorly supported um his opponents are going to say what are you talking about you yeah. know this is just nonsense
1: so jj we always get questions from people in between we'll get to to mahreb in in a moment and kenya but i see a question here from um chris t he says can you ask jj why we still can't fly directly to madagascar from south africa what's the story there
0: the 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 uh Malgash they actually stopped it at one point i I wasn't aware that we haven't been uh, have, they haven't allowed flights again, and that really is very very short sighted on their part because uh, they would be very reliant on tourism from this part of the world yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful place to go to gorgeous country, lovely people uh, and uh you know at this time of year they should be there of course, they do have a lot of storms right now. All coming up, but uh, they have grown up. Grown up economic problems. At some points, you know, they they're parts of uh, uh, Madagascar that are are um, actually bordering on famine. So, so they have real problems. Uh, but uh, politically, there's a sort of a hiatus at the moment, mm. and they certainly can uh, guarantee the safety of tourists. So, I just don't know why the the um, former DJ, who is the president there now. He he got angry with South Africa, and 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 he stopped the flights. What's so until he resumes them, uh, love- we we're going to the tourists are going to feel it. They'll have to go via Réunion or one or, or or maybe some of the East African countries.
1: So JJ, I mean, the nice thing about Madagascar is that they all have these very very long names for places, for people, everything. The capital city is called what Antananarivo. And then the president.
0: Antananarivo, yes. The
1: president who's. And a, you give me a break here. I'm
0: the only man, only certainly only Mulungo jealous, who can say the name of the previous president, Hedi Rajwan Arimampianini. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and who's the one now? Ravalo Manana.
0: Yeah, Mark Ravalomanana, the former yogurt king, you know, the dairy king. Uh, He's back now, but, uh, you know, and and I don't know what political role he's playing, but he was in exile here for a long, long time.
1: Amazing. Unbelievable place. All right, let's quickly get to the other things that you wanted to tell us about. So we're in North Africa with the Tunisia elections that you already mentioned. What else is going on there? Because France has ended their visa dispute with a bunch of these countries, right? And France has got this very... uh, Difficult relationship with some of those countries in North Africa, don't they?
0: Well, they supported Morocco's invasion of uh, the Western Sahara. I was very sorry to see Morocco. Uh, you know the what is it? The Atlas Lions and everybody praising Morocco when, in effect, uh, they they are an absolute international pariah. It would be like uh, the whole world um, celebrating apartheid. Uh, rugby or something, you know, all the whole world celebrating the 1936 Olympics in in Nazi Germany. Oh, they, okay. they, so they that...
1: are the absolute international pariah. So when you saw the Moroccan football team doing well, and you saw people saying, "Ah, oh, but they're an African team; they made it to the semi-finals," you were not excited about this at all. You 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 are not a fan of Morocco.
0: Well, they were. They didn't say they were Africans until it was an afterthought. We were the first. Muslim, we were the first Arab team to make the quarterfinals until somebody said, "But hang on, you're a, you're you're African as well, aren't you?" "Oh yes, okay, yeah, we'll be African oh. as well." The <laughs> fact is, they left the African Union when it when it actually recognised the Western Sahara, yeah. and uh, they attempted to become members of the European Union, and they went to the EU and said, "Hey, we're part of you guys," and the EU said. No, you're not. You know, and uh, and so then wow. eventually they came back to the new African Union. It was the OAU that they left. Now they're in the African Union. Spend most of their time trying to marginalise Western Sahara. But the fact is, uh, the, France supporting them. But France hasn't had a ministerial visit to Morocco now in two years. Hmm. Now the the Interior Minister Gerard uh, Darmanin, he went to Algeria and he said, we are now going to normalise. Um, consular relations. The fact is they had stopped these relations with Tunisia, Morocco and Algeria because all three of those countries refused to give consular papers to their nationals who arrived in France and were not granted asylum. So to have them deported back home these three countries refused to do that. Now uh, some deal has been made and they're going to start, they say they're back to Uh, normal relations with them. Let's see how that works out. (laughs) But I will be very interested to see what France does with Morocco, uh, uh, you know, in terms of the Western Sahara, because uh, it's absolutely shocking that 1975, they invaded that country and they're still there. And the world now seems to turn a blind eye on it, uh, to it, and, and, you know, just for the sake of football. I think a lot of, um, a lot of, uh blindfolds were put on on the sporting world for the Qatar World Cup not, you know, and I think history is going to show that it was a a, a, a bit of a travesty in that regard. I think that the, what happened on the field was was pretty good but uh in terms of the human rights uh, violations in Qatar and certainly the, the 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 absolute human rights violations by Morocco uh, will will come back to haunt the the football world cup.
1: One last thing. Um, apparently, there's this thing that happens every year called the Maasai o- Olympics, and and the Maasai, obviously, a well-known uh, tribe group in Kenya, and uh, they have this this event every year. And part of it was lion hunting. They you'd actually have to go and hunt a lion and then kill it, obviously. Um, and they've dropped this. They they've they've, they've you know. They've decided this is not an event that we want to be a part of anymore because there's a huge international outcry. Tell us a little bit about this.
0: Well, you know, the Messiah, uh, the, the tallest people in Africa, two meters, they pose no immediate threat to the pygmies, big lads. And uh, the, the games they play, I mean, they do that. I don't know. You would have seen footage of them jumping up and down. From a stand, they jump right up and down. I've been following uh, the Maasai for years and years and years, and their catching and killing lions as a rite of passage was part of the sort of majesty of growing up as a Maasai. The person who held the lion's tail while the others would go and plunge their spears into it was the guy who would get the most kudos uh, from a thing. Now, they started this back just 12 years ago, these Messiah Olympics. The patron is the two-times Olympic gold medal winner and the world 800-meter record holder, David uh, Rudisha. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, okay, that's it. Lion hunting was it was a rite of passage, as we mentioned, but it certainly isn't anymore. So they go for mm-hmm. other sports like javelin, not surprising, because they all sure. carry these huge spears. Athletics, well, I remember having a poster on the back of my door when I was still running saying, in my mind, I am a Kenyan. They are, of course, the the the, the preeminent middle distance running nation. Yes. And high jump, you know, if you're two meters tall, you get can do quite well. But these are all based on traditional Maasai warrior skills. And they compete for medals and then also... Uh, it's obviously semi-professional because they compete for cattle as well. So, you know, I'd love to go and see this uh, event. But mm. the Messiah Olympics, but the point is they say we're now for conservation. This idea of having to kill a lion to prove your manhood is a thing of the past. And uh, it shouldn't be. It has no place in our Olympics.
1: Wow uh, it's always fascinating to talk to you JJ. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas with your current wife and that you uh, you get to go to all those places that you want to park right outside enjoy yourself and uh, I hope they clear out Pretoria for you so it's your playground and you can go you can go crazy. Well may
0: I wish a very very joy Noel to all everybody watching or, or picking up this podcast mm-hmm. and even to she who must be obeyed, which who, who still slumbers until I take her. The coffee and croissant in bed.
1: <laughs> hey. That's amazing to have a husband who would take you coffee and a croissant in your bed is just that's I think every woman's dream, JJ. How uh, fantastic! Happy Christmas, and we'll see you next year. Looking forward to it, and to you guys,
0: all the very best. Man.
1: Thanks, JJ. Good to see Salut. you. Salute. There we go, JJ Cornish and African analysis this morning, brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. Um, We will be back again with more next year. Make sure you don't miss it.